invite you to turn in your Bible to Psalm 23. Psalm 23, and uh, we'll begin at verse number 1. Psalm 23, beginning at verse number 1. All right, while you're turning there, uh, let me remind you that we're in the middle of our summer sermon series, Shepherd Me. And in this series, we are studying through Psalm 23. And uh, after today, we've got two sermons left in the series. And so over the next couple of weeks, we'll be wrapping up um, this series. All right. Um, we will be uh, starting back Children's Church next Sunday. All right. So uh, kids, you'll have uh, that to look forward to next Sunday, starting back Children's Church next Sunday. All right. So Psalm 23, beginning at verse 1. Let's go ahead. And stand for the reading of God's word. Uh, look, you know, each Sunday of this series trying to read a different translation of the Bible. Uh, today reading the New Century Version. Going to look a little bit different from, uh, you know, probably your translation. But this is just simply a translation in uh, modern English. Alright, so Psalm 23, beginning at verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He lets me rest in green pastures. He leads me to calm water. He gives me new strength. He leads me on paths that are right for the good of His name. And even if I walk through a very dark valley, I will not be afraid because you are with me. Your rod and your shepherd's staff comfort me. You prepare a meal for me in front of my enemies. You pour oil of blessing on my head. You fill my cup to overflowing. Surely your goodness and love will be with me all my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. You may be seated. Now today we're going to look um, at the last part. Uh, verse number 5, so we'll put uh, verse number 5 uh, up on the wall. And uh, we're going to kind of look toward the middle of that verse. Uh, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. All right, That's the phrase that we're dealing with this morning. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. All right? Um, Sometimes we get the wrong idea about things, all right? Sometimes that can happen. We, get, we just get the wrong idea about things. For, for example, um, there was this guy who lived in Mexico, Jose. Um, his dream was to go to the Super Bowl in America. That was Jose's dream. And so he, he saved, he saved, he saved, finally... You know, he has enough money, he buys a ticket, he goes to the Super Bowl, and when he gets home, his, you know, entire neighborhood, man, they've gathered, they're ready to hear about his trip to America and to the Super Bowl, and Jose said, it was the most amazing thing. You're not going to believe what happened. I get there with my ticket, and they, they said something about that it was a ticket scam, I didn't know what that meant, but they said they would upgrade my seat anyway, and they put me at the flagpole. And before the game started, everybody stood up, they looked at me, and they started singing to me, 
Jose, can you see at the dawn's early light? You know, sometimes we get the wrong idea about things. You know, those people at the game were not standing to sing to Jose. They were standing and looking at the flag to sing to our national anthem. Sometimes we get the wrong idea about things. Sadly, uh, there are people in our culture, even in our churches, who get the wrong idea about God. Several years ago, uh, USA Today released a study on how Americans viewed God. And here are some of the results from the study. Uh, 31% found that God was authoritarian. Uh, 31% felt like that God was always angry with them. God wanted them to to shape up, live right, and if they didn't, God would punish them. All right, For 31% of Americans, that was their view of God. All right, Another 16% viewed God as critical and judgmental. All right? And then, 24%, they saw God as distant. He may have created the world, but he had no interest in how we live our lives. All right, and so if you take that survey and you combine it, basically here's what it said. A majority of Americans felt like that God hated them or that God didn't care about them. That was the survey. Half of Americans said God didn't like them or God doesn't care about them. See, sadly, a lot of people in our culture, even in our churches, get the wrong idea about God. And here in Psalm 23, we get the real view of God. All right, God is our shepherd. And, and get this, God doesn't just like us. He loves us and he wants what is best for us. In Psalm 23, we see that God cares about us. He wants to meet our greatest needs. He walks with us through the darkest valleys of life. And in verse 5, in in the phrases we're looking at today, in particular in these phrases, we see just how much God cares for us. And uh, we're going to see today that each and every one of us We're special to God. And we're also going to see today how God has poured out his blessings on our lives. All right? So we've got some sermon notes in the uh, worship folder. Two things we want to talk about this morning. All right? Here's point number one. We are special to God. All right? That's point number one. Make sure you've got it. We are special to God. All right, so again, sermon notes in the worship folder. Two points we're looking at today. Point number one, we are special to God. All right, now look at verse number five again in your Bibles. And and let's look at this first phrase. uh, You anoint my head with oil. All right, that's the phrase we're talking about here. You anoint my head with oil. Now, uh, we hear phrases like... um, the royal treatment or the VIP treatment. We, we hear phrases like 
you know, rolling out the red carpet for someone. Um, think of it like this. Um, when uh, Kim and I went on our honeymoon, um, we, were, we were flying to Mexico. We actually flew out of New Orleans. And so we, we get to the New, New Orleans airport, and we're at the, we're at the check-in desk. And uh, the lady at the counter is talking to us about the trip, you know, making sure we're at the right place, making sure she had the right people. And in, in the process of, um, you know, talking to her, she, she asked us, well, you know, what's the occasion for y'all flying? And we said, well, we're on our honeymoon. And she said, well, look, congratulations, that is great. I'm going to upgrade y'all to first class. And that is the one and only time that I have ever flown first class, okay? But let me tell you, when you, when you fly first class, you get the VIP treatment. You get to get on the plane first, all right? The seats are, you know, there's plenty of space. Um, you know, you can recline. Back. I mean, you got plenty of room. The seats are comfortable. Um, you don't just get... Uh, you know, soft drinks and peanuts, you can get anything you want, whenever you want, as much as you want, all right? It's great, all right? When you, when you fly first class, you get the VIP treatment, all right? So uh, we flew from New Orleans to Miami. Uh, that was the, the first leg of the flight. Then we were flying from Miami to Mexico. So we get off the plane in Miami, and we're at the airport waiting to get on the next plane, and I'm like, I wonder if they're going to put us on first class again. No. <laughs> we were back in coach. <laughs> and the rest of the trip was coach. But, uh, you know, for that first leg of the flight, first class, you know, you get the VIP treatment. All right? That's the idea behind this phrase, you anoint my head with oil. All right? This phrase is about getting the VIP treatment or the royal treatment. This phrase is about God rolling out the red carpet for us. You see, this phrase in David's time, in Old Testament times, anointing someone's head with oil in your home was reserved for special guests, for honored guests. And so when we see this phrase... In verse number 5, you anoint my head with oil. What it's saying is that we are special to God. And I want us to just think for a few minutes this morning about how we are special to God. All right. Look at a verse in your sermon notes. We'll put it up on the wall. 1 Peter 2, 9 from the Amplified Version. Look at this. But you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people. And you might want to underline that phrase in your sermon notes, special people, that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. And so 1 Peter 2.9 is telling us that as Christians, as believers in Christ, we are God's special people. So are you seeing it? Are you beginning to see it this morning, church? We are special to God. I think about the story of the prodigal son. Remember that story Jesus told in, in Luke chapter 15? 
um, you know, this son, he demanded his inheritance from his father. He, he gets his inheritance, he leaves home, and he wastes his money. He squanders the inheritance. And so he returns home hoping he can just be a servant in his father's house. But I want you to look at the father's response to the prodigal son returning home. Look in your sermon notes, Luke 15, 22 through 23. Look at, this verse from, look at these verses from the New American Standard Bible. Uh, but the father said to his, his slaves, Quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf. Kill it. Let us eat and celebrate. All right. And so the father, when the prodigal son returns home, he says, Hey, get the best robe. Put a ring on his finger. Put sandals on his feet. Kill the fatted calf. We're celebrating because my son has returned home. And I want you to know that is a picture of what happens to, with God when we are saved. When we return to God from our sins. That is a picture. God's like, hey, put the best robe on. Put the ring on his finger. Put the sandals on his feet. Kill the fatted calf. We, church, we are special to God. There was a little girl who was born with um, cliff, uh, cliff palate. And um, she said that when she started school, she knew how people really felt, felt about her. Her classmates would tease her. You're the little girl with a misshapen lip, crooked nose, lopsided teeth, and garbled speech. And after a year in first grade, this little girl thought, the only people that are going to love me are my parents. This little girl said her whole perspective changed in second grade with her second grade teacher. A um, few weeks into the school year, this second grade teacher uh, would always do a hearing test. Uh, she would... Uh, you know, put the kids up against the door and have them cover up one of their, ear, her, their ears. And then she would whisper something to the students to see if they could, they could hear it. And, you know, she would whisper things like, you know, the sky is blue. Um, you know, I like your shoes. We're having pizza for lunch. I hope Mississippi State beats LSU in football. This, uh, she didn't say that. I, I threw that one in. Um, anyway, it came time for this little girl, all right? And, uh, you know, she's standing there, her back's against the wall. One of her ears is covered up. And this is what the teacher whispered in her ear. And the girl said that the seven words the teacher whispered in her ear changed everything. And this is what the, the, the teacher whispered in to the ear of the little girl with cliff palate. I wish you were my little I wish you were my little girl. You know, that's what God whispers in our ear. I wish you were my son. I wish you were my daughter. You see, once we're saved, we become the sons and daughters of God. Once we're saved, we become the children of God. Look at a verse in your sermon notes, 1 Corinthians 6, 18 from the Amplified Version. We'll put it up on the wall. But God... 
demonstrates his own love toward us. I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong one. All right, I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians 6, 18. All right, we got the wrong. I, I was looking at the wrong one. All right. And I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. We are the sons and daughters of God. We are his children. We are special to God. And look, if you, if you ever wondered just how special we are to God, look no further than the cross. Because on the cross, Jesus died for you and Jesus died for me. And Romans 5, 8, we'll put that verse up on the wall and I'll read the right one this time. But God demonstrates, he shows, he showed his own love toward us and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. We are special to God. That's what that phrase, you anoint my head with oil. What it's saying is, we are special to God. And, uh, you know, maybe you're here today. And... Um, you feel unloved. Maybe you're sitting out there and you know, you've been told all your life there's nothing special about you. And um, I hope today you have seen just how much you're loved and cared for. I hope today you have seen just how special you are to God. He sent his son to die for you on the cross. And Christian, you're sitting out there today. I hope, you've, I hope you've been reminded just how special you are to God. All right, let's look at point number two. All right, let's look at point number two. Uh, God's blessings overflow in our lives. All right, God's blessings overflow in our lives. And so let's look at the overflowing cup in verse number 5. Look at verse number 5 again. Look at what it says. You anoint my head with oil. That's the phrase we just looked at. And then it says, my cup runs over. Now, the overflowing cup, right? It is a symbol of generosity. All right? Make sure you understand that. All right? The overflowing cup in Old Testament times, it is a symbol of generosity. All right, think of it like this. When a 67-year-old Russell Herman died in 1994, listen to some things he included in his will. He wanted to give $2 billion to the city of East St. Louis, he wanted to give a billion and a half to the state of, of Illinois. He wanted to give two and a half billion for the national forest system. And at the top of his list, Herman left six trillion dollars to the government to help pay off the national debt. Now, this all sounds amazing. This sounds very generous, but there's one problem. Herman's only asset when he died 
1983 Oldsmobile. You see, he made grand statements in his will. He made generous statements in his will. But he couldn't back it up. He couldn't back it up. God has made grand statements in the Bible. God has made generous statements in the Bible. And you know what, church? God can back it up. He can back it up with His riches and glory. God shows us tremendous generosity. And God shows His generosity through the blessings that He pours out in our lives. And I love the hymn, the old hymn that we sang this morning. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. You see, church, God's blessings overflow in our lives. Ezekiel 34, 26 says this from the New Living Translation. We'll put the verse up on the wall. It's also in your sermon notes. I will bless my people and their homes around my holy hill. And in the proper season, I will send the showers they need. There will be showers of blessing. You see, God's blessings overflow in our lives. And I want, I want us to just think for a few minutes this morning. How has God blessed our lives? I want you to think this morning. How has God blessed your life? Um, you know, God blesses us with family. You know, we have our spouses. We have our, we have our kids. We have our grandkids. Or what about those friends that stick with us through thick and thin? How has God blessed our lives? Good health. Or maybe your health isn't so good. But you know what? We have doctors. We have medicines. We have treatments that are getting more advanced by the day. That is a blessing from God. How has God blessed our lives? A roof over our head. And food on the table. How has God blessed our lives? We have a wonderful church family here at Superior Avenue. I can't think of a better church family than this one. How has God blessed our lives? Maybe an unexpected raise at work, a scholarship to college, or your first car. How has God blessed our lives? And then there's the greatest blessing of all, salvation. He sent His Son to die for us. God's blessing overflow in our lives. Now, even in the worst of times, God's blessings overflow in our lives. So, we've seen from these two phrases, we are special to God. And His blessings overflow our lives. That's who God is. You know, we started the, the sermon this morning by, by saying that, you know, some people in our culture, even Christians in our churches, have the wrong idea about God. 
You know, a majority of Americans think either God doesn't like them or that God doesn't care about them. I hope you've seen today that God loves you, that you're special to him, and God does care about you. He pours out his blessings on our lives. A.W. Tozer said this, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about him. We need to understand today that we are special to God and he cares about us and he is generous to us through his blessings. I'm going to bow our head, close our eyes. In just a moment, we're going to have a time of a prayer, a time of invitation. Before we do, I want to ask you, how's God speaking to your heart this morning? Maybe you're sitting out there and you feel unloved. You've been told all your life that there's nothing special about you. But today, you've seen just how much God cares for you. How special you are to God. He sent His Son to die for you on the cross. And maybe today is the day that you need to put your faith in Jesus. That you need to trust Him as Savior of your life. And if that's you, I want to encourage you when we stand in just a moment to come down and talk to me about accepting Jesus. Or, or maybe today, you've realized just how much God has blessed you. Even in the lowest of times, you've realized how much God has blessed you. And maybe today during our time of invitation, you just need to come to this altar and count your blessings, name them one by one. How's God speaking to you today? How do you need to respond today? Father, we thank you for your word. Thankful for this time in Psalm 23. Words that, that we have heard all our lives. Father, today, these words, you, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. In these words, we see that we're special to you, that you pour out your blessings in our lives. And Father, I pray we get it today. I pray that we understand who you really are, that you love us, and that you care for us. It's in your son's name we pray, amen. Please stand. Jesus is tenderly calling thee home.